welcome to another episode of Dawncast. My name is Kathy Ngo. And I'm Dai Lee. And today we are joined by... I'm, I'm going to stuff it up. Like, sorry. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. Kunapon Kunaraksa. Yes. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> 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 and I think that's a problem, right? Well, not that your name's not a problem, but I think, like, I, lo- I love different names. I yeah. wish my parents gave me a Vietnamese name because... It just makes people more interesting, right? Yeah. Well, I kept my Vietnamese name, yeah. so it's very long. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I, it's it's a great challenge, and um, just to say names. But then I think the more we kind of don't stigmatize it, or um, I don't know, be awkward about it, I think it would just start to be more and more normalized. I guess. That's right. Uh, but today we've got Kun. Hi, Kun. Hi. Hi, Kathy and Di. Yeah, joining us all the way from Perth. Um, for those who don't know, Kun is a water entrepreneur. And I'm really excited to have Kun here because water is uh, an essential resource and a right, human right. And you've you've done so many like fantastic work in this space. So we're really excited to talk about it. And also, how are you as well, like during these um, COVID times? Uh, thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm doing actually very well during this challenging time, to be honest. Uh, I enjoy being home a lot uh, and just spend time with my wife. So surprisingly, I had a good time staying home. Yeah, I hear that it can be challenging for couples or families, you know, uh, suddenly to be found to be staying at home together <laughs> on a regular basis. Is and she right next to you? Because you're like, I'm enjoying time. <laughs> Is she next to you? <laughs> Uh, yeah. mm. So, so what's your what's water entrepreneurship, uh, Kun? Sure. So, before I give like the what is water entrepreneurship, I want to kind of uh, talk a little bit about like how I got into water entrepreneurship yeah. because I think uh, the understanding about water is very important, and if, uh, <laughs> even like nowadays, people are very you know take it for granted that we have water use at home. Mm. So water is something that we need every single day and it's like our body consists of more than 65% of water, right? So water is definitely number one uh, uh, most important resources in the world, in my opinion. For entrepreneurship, I would share it like this. It's uh, someone or a business that is working on water issues. It could be uh, improving water resources or could be uh, helping us to have water use for the next 20, 30 years time. And for my, my own uh, experience in the water entrepreneurship journey, I have been uh, working to build new water programs. So I'll stop there a little bit first. So in case you want to ask any questions. Yeah. Oh, great. So you're you're saying that. Um, so, so how do you then work? What does what do you do in terms of water entrepreneurship? Yeah, like sure. how, how did you get into it? Like I know that you've shared with us that how important it is as a resource. Mm-hmm. But like, was this something that you thought, hey, I want to be a water entrepreneur when I grow up or something? Like how did <laughs> Not it? Really, how did it start? Because I um, I was born in Sydney, Australia, and. Uh, I also grew up in, in Bangkok, Thailand. And in these two countries, when I live in both these two places, I experienced severe water situation. In Australia, as you already know, 
we have been facing the drought problem, right? So drying out, uh, water is running out. And last last December, we actually, uh, Sydney was uh, increasing the water restriction up to the level two. Uh, so uh, that's for Australia. In Bangkok, on the other hand, there's so much water, Dai and KP, like so wow. much water, and there would always be flood all the time. And growing up in these two countries, I was like, can't we just trade the water like this? Like, you know, bring one water from one country to like from Thailand to Australia. But in reality, we cannot, right? So when I was back more than a decade ago, when I was thinking about what should, what I want to do for my uh, grad school, water engineering came to mind because I want to be part of the solution to solve these water uh, issues. And as I enter into the industry, working in water uh, across the world, I, I, I used to work in the US and also across Southeast Asian uh, region. Uh, one of the very good examples that I did was I built a new water program for water.org. Uh, in case you don't know what water.org is, it's a, a global not global water nonprofit organization working to increase access to clean water and sanitation. So basically to help people have water use at home like us, right? So that was uh, when my passion in water entrepreneurship was strengthened because I went to the field and I see the impact of my work on people's life. And I always tell this, this story, I tell it many, many times that I wanna share with you as well. I went to Japara, Indonesia and I met this lady, her name is Juleha, and she didn't have a water connection at home. So basically she had to pay for water to get water, right? Wow. And I remember she told me that she had to pay 50% of her income for water. So think about us, let's say, I don't know how much we would make, let's say 10,000 a month, right? We pay $5,000 for water, that's insane. And after she was part of the program, she got a water connection at home. And I went to see her again after she got that tap water. And I'd sit down next to her and, I, and she shared with me that by having a simple thing like water at home changed her family completely. And while we were talking, Dai and Kathy, her son was just like picking up the, the, like the tube, right? The water and then just playing with water. I was like, Wow. And she said, see, it gives my son time to play. So that's why I'm in the water space. And that's why I'm passionate about water. That's beautiful. So your so your um, water engineering means you are working on the structure or infrastructure uh, to deliver water to homes. Uh, and, and, and perhaps can you talk a bit more about what what this water engineering work comprises of? What does it look like? Sure. So uh, for water engineering, yes, you, you are correct. It's all about all the infrastructure, let's say water treatment plan, how to build a water treatment plan, how to design it, how to construct it, and uh, how to bring the water from the plant to the house, uh, right? So that's kind of basic of the water engineering. But for myself, although my background is in water engineering, my experience is broader than that. Uh, it's more on the financing as well for water. 
And you might be like, "What do you mean, like financing, right?" <laughs> so well, we do have to pay water rates. I mean, we do have to pay water, like use of water. So right, yeah, it's about like water tariff, but also to make sure that around the world we invest in water businesses, right? Because there are 765 million people globally that lack access to clean water, and even like for for sanitation or toilet, there are two billion people. So when I when you ask the question about water water engineering, just only it's only one part of the equation, but there are many more, which is uh, financing, government engagement, or programs on the ground, which includes community engagement. That's really important about community engagement because for some reason right now I'm thinking about Erin Brockovich, um, one of my favorite movies, <laughs> Julia Roberts, and how yeah, like it impacts the community. Was it was it a movie where there's yeah, lead in the water? Water, yeah, lead yeah. in the water. Do you remember that movie, Kun? Yes, I do. You probably watch it's it every it. day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you advocate as well besides your uh, engineering work when you talk about entrepreneurship? Is your uh, aim is to ensure that everyone uh, you know around the world as you said uh, you know have, have access to clean water uh, as well as have facilities to enjoy obviously the things that we enjoy i mean look we've got water here right bottled water right. Okay, sponsored by Beloka water yeah. which is clean proper, proper glass as yeah, well yeah that's right and this water is from the the bottom of uh, the mountains at Mount Gingerbine and it's very clean, clear water. And I think one of the things we are lucky about in Australia is we do have access to clean water. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something that you think that the rest of the world or other parts of the world have don't have access to. Is, and is that where your work is mostly? Yes, correct. So in the countries that I work, there are water resources, but people don't have access to that, right? So when, when I advocate or uh, talk about water, I talk about two things. The first one is water sustainability, which mostly apply to Australia, right? To make sure we have water used for, for the next uh, generation. But secondly is the water access to help people who do not have water. And especially when we are in this challenging time, one example that I wanna give you, which will give uh, a better sense of why I, I think water is important, Let's say, Katie, let's say you go to the grocery store, right? You come back from the grocery store and you think that you need to wash your hand, but somehow your water was cut. You have uh, the soap, but you don't have hand, hand, uh, hand sanitizer. What would you do? Soap become useless now, right? I'll so lick my hands. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a cat. No, I'm joking. Yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, again, to your question, I think it's about water sustainability and water access for all. How has COVID-19 affected water around the world? Has it affected much? Uh, I think yes, correct. As I mentioned, this example about soap, um, most of the countries like Indonesia, Philippines, in the area, like rural areas that I work, they don't have water. So when this COVID-19 hits, it's kind of like a very difficult time for them, even harder than I could even imagine, right? Because they can't even protect themselves from, from the, the virus, right? And so that's for the community. The second part is the, uh, the business, like new business, water startups, the expansion of the water obviously is 
is frozen, right? Like other business. Uh, but on the bright side though, like water utilities, this is the, the time that they need to step up their game and be, you know, providing the reliable water for us. And I just read an article, uh, I think it was last night, that a researcher in Australia is putting together a monitoring, monitoring a program for wastewater for the COVID like virus in the, the sewage. So to help us track like, you know, the virus, how it's spreading in the system as well. So although uh, this is a very challenging time, but there's good sides and bad sides, right? Uh, from my personal perspective, I think when this is over, we as a water community will come together stronger than before to help solve this problem. So what are you doing uh, at the moment in terms of in that space of water entrepreneurship? What are some of the activities that you're involved in? You're just sure. doing consulting work, isn't it? Um, helping sure. other yeah, water entrepreneurs. So I, I do two things right now. The first one is my own consulting business. I work with uh, companies from the US uh, to expand to Southeast Asia market. And as I mentioned, things are slowing down for that. Uh, what I normally do for them is to help them do uh, put like proof of concept in on the ground with some potential partners to, to test out new solutions and then hopefully have a longer engagement to improve water efficiency for water utility, for example. Uh, and then the second part that I'm doing in the water space is I'm on the uh, board of directors of Gravity Water. It's a US-based uh, water nonprofit are working to increase access to clean water for children at schools. So that's why I say like water uh, access is something that I still uh, work on every single day, talk with the, the, the head of the gravity water to help these students or children to have water drink at school. Now what, your other part. Oh, oh yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, in terms <laughs> of the students, uh, how, where where are you? Where are the these students? Where have you identified the needs of students who need to have access to clean water? Where are they predominantly based? So mostly, are uh, you mean countries or countries area? areas? Yeah. So um, in South Asia, Southeast Asian like countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, for sure, like those rural areas that the water grid do not, the water grids cannot access to that, right? It's like too far away that water utilities need to expand the, the pipes. So one, one school that I went uh, early, like last year, last, last May, uh, is a school in Kintamani in Bali, Indonesia. It was four hours drive from where I live mm -hmm. up the mountain and was like the car broke down many times so it's oh, very no. very rural and it's really yeah. hot in Bali isn't it <laughs> humid humid yes. in Southeast Asia <laughs> so so predominantly they're all a lot of these uh, need, areas of needs are in developing as I would call it today developing countries not so much in societies like the West, like Australia or the US or the Europe. I mean, they, they, we have access to clean water. Yeah, but A lot of places in the US still don't have access to clean water. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, so yeah. it's more of a piping issue. <laughs> <laughs> mm. okay. I don't know why that was funny. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to continue on with the piping something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so your other passion is also storytelling. How did you get into that? Uh, Tell us more yeah, about what you're working on. Story- yeah, storytelling is something that I didn't know that I was passionate about, to be honest. It started like uh, more than three years ago when I went to the moth. I'm not sure you guys know the moth. Yeah, I love uh, the moth. It's, like the, it's a podcast. Yeah, so I went there. Oh, right. Okay, I'm yeah. thinking the moth. Like not an actual moth. No, I'm imagining a, a, a moth-type tent. That's right. And you're going to the moth. <laughs> uh, so, but so, I'm a passionate so the, storyteller too. So should I go to the moth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll show you later. Okay. But it's, yeah. it's a fantastic uh, live show and they record it as a podcast. Right. We're yeah. doing it here. Yeah, yeah. Similar to us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I went to the moth uh, event in San Francisco. Uh, it was just like five minutes from my my old office. And I went to that event and had such a good time. Like I laughed so much and I cried as well. I remember listening to this story of a Japanese woman who got pregnant when she was doing her master degree. And as you know, Japanese oh, uh, culture is very yeah, conservative, yes, right? Yeah. So uh, she went back to see her parents with her boyfriend and it was just like, the story just like hit me so hard and I cried that night. And so I went to this, like the moth event so often. And my wife was like, Kun, what's, what's going on with you? You always smile like when coming back from this event. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't know actually that it was the storytelling piece. Uh, but then fast forward to um, May last year, I attended a, a public speaking and storytelling workshop. And I gave some talks and I listened to what storytelling was about. And that's when I uh, found out that actually storytelling is one of my passions. And then after that workshop, I have been uh, organizing a workshop or talk or even give my own uh, story, tell my own story every single week. And that's what I love being doing so far. Yeah. I think we all were raised uh, up, were raised by our parents and grandparents. I don't know about you, Kun, but I, rem- I remember my grandmother telling me a lot of stories growing up, and just little stories that kind of shape you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think as an adult, as you grow up, and I th- and for me, I I love storytelling too, and I, I I'm back at doing what I love doing, which which is getting people to share their stories and tell their stories, and and that way we have a conversation rather than uh, kind of the questioning of the Q and A. That's yeah, the really straight up Q&A. yeah Q and A the the kind of grilling. It's about really peeling it back and understanding that that other person, their mm-hmm. their journey and how they got to be where they they yeah, like they what are. shaped them to be who they are. And you remember those stories, like you don't remember, you know, you remember the the, the story in it, not really what they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that journey. But so. you you posted something really beautiful about your mother. Um, do you want to share yes. that on LinkedIn? Sure. Uh, so I just posted a picture of me sharing my sharing a photo of me and my mom for the first time to public, and that was only seven months ago. It might sound very normal to uh, both of you, but my mom was physically disabled since I was born, and I felt like you know uh, embarrassed of having her as a uh, as my mom when I was growing up as a child, right? And not until that uh, particular moment that I overcame, you know, the shame of me feeling like that and I show it to the public. So it's something that, you know, it took me a long time, 40, 30, 34 years to overcome, but I'm glad that uh, 
storytelling helped me as well to overcome that kind of feeling. So, what was it then that made you uh, make made up your made a decision to share that? Uh, it's because I think it's it, for me. It's okay to be vulnerable, and for me. Like I used to seek out for external recognitions and you know like uh, recognition like that I'm good, but after I after I learned that actually life it's all about like your own self compassion and I and I spend time looking at my you know my life history uh, recently as well six months ago uh, to really understand about all this you know. Uh, like what my parents did to me, or like why they did it for that, and it just like the reason why I want to share is like I have a very unique life experience. I want that experience to inspire other people and help them think that it's okay to be different, and you just have to embrace who you are and do your best with the condition you have. But what moved you to share it? Like if you. Did something happen that really then made you say, "I have to share this"? So, did something else that that you know push you to do that? Uh, I think it's, I think it's the what happened to myself, right? It's like because I overcame that feeling myself, and it changed my life completely. I became a different person, like from six months ago, like. And I think that is something I wanted to happen to other people as well. Like, I'm not sure. Like, you know, people have different uh, life situation might not be the same, but at least if they have some kind of connection to my story, it will help them think differently and do something like, let's say, uh, for example, in this case, spend more time with their parents when they can. Like I don't have any living uh, family anymore. Like my brother, my dad, my mom passed away already before I turned 30. So it's just something small, like you know, like spending time with your family is something that I always want to have right now, but I can't. So. Wow. Um, thank, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so for you now, then, um, you know, having discovered that you can be vulnerable and that mm -hmm. you. Uh, and are you okay with being vulnerable? Yes, I am. Yes, I think, and it, it's very hard to be honest. For my first time uh, stepping on the stage, that was like in in last November to tell my whole story, what I discovered about my my family. Right, I was super nervous actually, and you know, to even be vulnerable. But what I found was like when I stepped on the stage, I was nervous at first. And then during the stage, all these eye contacts that I have, let's say like with the audience, I, and I, you know, that it just gave me that energy. Like it's something just like, you know, light me up that when I share my story, it's the feeling that I feel fulfilled to like myself, right? Like sharing this to the world or people and, after the like, I shared this story to people. They, people, many people came to me and say, "Hey, Kun, you know when you were just telling the story, I text my mom. She was in Finland. I was like, wow. And it just like, you know, that feeling. It just like hit me, and I just want to do more and more and be vulnerable. Yeah, you, and it sounds like you created your own moth experience. 
but for other yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's um, it, it shows that you shared a really beautiful story and you truly connected with everyone. Right. Did, did yeah. that then change the way that you work in the water entrepreneur space? Like you've been a water entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but discovering yourself and discovering that vulnerability, did that, how did that shift the way you were doing things in that space? Sure. So it, it shifts definitely my thinking. So when I work in the water business, like in the water sector, I used to be like, you know, it's like my professional life. I treat it as a job. Uh, I felt good when I went to see the, see people in the, the community, but I didn't really think about like the story behind that. What actually, you know, changed their life, like Juleha example that I gave to you, right? So after I become more vulnerable, uh, in, uh, so like for the work that I do, like the gravity water, for, for instance, I always tell them to, you can't just like tell, like you build a, a system for a school. You need to really share what you do on, you know, the work that you do that impact people's life. You need to convey that to people that is sitting like miles and miles away to bring that moment or that picture right into the, the living room, for example, right? And just make them connect and understand why we're doing this. It's not about like we want uh, we want water, right? But it's more on unlocking the opportunity for people. And I think that's very critical. And I can spend hours and hours unpack that opportunity word only. Uh, but yeah, like my work become more authentic, I would say. So where to now for you? For me now? Uh, I'm planning to share more of my personal stories, uh, one stories at a time. And one of my goals actually for 2020 is to do a TEDx talk. And I want to share my lesson learns and my unique life experience with other people to really get a different point of view and do things differently. Uh, for my water work, I'm, coin- I'm going to continue to work in the water space as well to advise uh, my clients or the organization that I'm on the board to expand their work to reach more people with access to clean water and sanitation. So uh, for our listeners, how can people reach you? Uh, do you want people, people to reach? Re- do, yeah. do you want people to reach you? <laughs> reach out to you? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> uh, People can email me at kunapong at gmail.com or hit me up on LinkedIn or Instagram as well. Okay, okay. Last question. I'll just give you the link. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll share the links um, to your contacts. Um, so last question. Do you like your water still or sparkling? Yes, <laughs> still or sparkling. Because we've got a wonderful uh, water company here, Australian-owned actually, Australian-owned called Beloka, yeah. who's, who, who've come and supported uh, the Dawncast work, so we we drink here. So, so you're having sparkling. I'm today. having sparkling today. I'm having still. Yeah, <laughs> still for sure. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for jumping in. And that was Kunapong. Sorry, Kunapong. I'm Kunaraksa. I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Kunapong Kunaraksa. Thank Kunapong, you. Kunapong Kunaraksa. Thank you so Thank much, you for joining uh, us. Kathy and Dai, for having me today. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks.
Oh. Well, see you there, Don't Cast. <laughs> please, if you like and hear, want to hear more content like this, please click the subscribe button below and join us for our next conversation. Thank you, guys. See you later. Bye.